everybody. Welcome to this week. Hello. We're back with part two. Yeah. I almost forgot that this was a two-parter. We, uh, <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this one and this is like the first one, maybe go back a week because this is going to be a continuation of what we were talking about last week. Yes. Um, I mean, if you're familiar with with the case and everything, you probably won't need that much of yeah. a rehash, but it would be helpful. Yeah, I find it helpful, especially like going through and editing everything to then like write notes and everything. I found it helpful. Okay. So I highly suggest going back and listening to it. But yeah, if not, I'll give you a brief recap of our timeline for everything. Oh, yes. Please so do. Starting June 17th, 2021. Gabby and Brian left from Florida up to Blue Point, New York, which was for her brother's graduation. From there, they kicked off their road trip starting July 2nd and heading west, as west as they could go almost. Going through different national parks in the southwestern region, hitting up like Utah, Colorado, parts of... I want to say Nevada, California, heading up to the Wyoming area. And just to clarify again, this was just like a recreational trip. They weren't doing yeah. anything specific. She was kind of, wasn't she kind of an influencer? She was, had been like yeah. starting an Instagram. She like, was doing an Insta sort of. Instagram YouTube career for van living. Brian yeah, was yeah. huge in sustainability, that kind of that kind of grouping pairing. Okay, right. So, but yeah. So, so the trip was was sort of intended to be like maybe a launch point for them yeah. building more of an Instagram career, but they didn't have a specific goal necessarily. Yeah, they were just kind of meandering the country. Yes, hitting up some of the various parks and just kind of having a good time. And I mean, lots it sounds of like a good trip. Yeah. yeah. It, I think it was a pretty good trip for the most part. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the, the concept of the trip in general yeah. sounds great. Seems like the execution uh, suffered a bit. Yeah. In August on the 12th, that was when the famous 911 call outside of Moonflower Co-op mm. in Moab happened. And that's with mm. like the body cam footage, all of that. On August 17th, Brian flew back to Florida from Salt Lake City and left Gabby in Salt Lake for like a week. Came back on the 23rd. They reunited. Oh. On August 25th, this was the last time Gabby spoke on the phone with her mom. And the same day she had the kind of odd Halloween butterfly post on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. On the 27th, this was the odd message from Gabby to her mom about helping Stan, who is her grandfather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all coming back now. Yeah, yeah, and they're kind of like, why the hell would she be doing that? Like, that was kind Stan? of... Yeah, they're, they're, like, becoming suspicious of, like, what she wouldn't... One, that doesn't seem like something she would just sort of do out of the blue, and she wouldn't call him Stan. And they're yeah. like, is this even her texting? Yes. On August 
30th, that was the message of no service in Yosemite. And then September 1st, Brian returned to Florida. Oh, alone. Alone. On September 6th through 7th, that is when him and his family did their camping trip in DeSoto National Park. Right, right. On the 11th, that is when Gabby's parents filed a missing persons report for her. After finding out Brian had been back since the 1st without her and having not heard from her since the 23rd. September 13th is when the police started surveilling the laundry's home. The 15th is when his parents hired a lawyer. And then the 17th, which brings us up to where we ended off last time, is when Brian was reported missing and police obtained search warrants for obtaining the van hard drives, and a few other items along with one of their family's vehicles. Wow. Yes. So in a, in a relatively short amount of time, a he lot happens. Comes off, yeah, a lot happens. She disappears. He looks like an absolute weirdo. The rest of his family starts looking like weirdos. Then he disappears. Mm-hmm. And the FBI is like, we should. St-, or was it the FBI? It was a mix of the local police and the FBI just because of how big it got. Then the FBI got involved. Yeah, because they were traveling across state lines and stuff. Yeah. They went to a lot of places. We should probably look into this. When it it starts to cross state lines and it is something that is so big, that is usually when the FBI will get involved. Because then it, instead of staying on the state level where different areas aren't necessarily communicating with each other. It'll then mm-hmm. bring it up to that federal level where it's everyone has a handle on everything. Well, that pretty much brings us up to date then. Yeah. So I wish I had more information about Brian. All I have that I could find was his no- his birthday, which is November 18th, 1997. Oh, wow. And that was it. And that was it. <laughs> Not, well, that that was it. Quick episode. Thanks, guys. We'll Ooh. see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Ugh. That no, was fun. There, there just wasn't really tons of information out there mm. about him other than him in connection to everything that happens with this case. And that being said, I do want to share my sources with you because I do think some of the names of these are funny. Okay. <laughs> so I looked at rightlawgroup.com, um, LE Utah Gov, Wikipedia for con- a continuation from one of the articles from last week, uh, The Sun, and my favorite, reallifevillains.com. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, dot org. Dot org. <laughs> Well, they, they're a nonprofit. They just want to get the word out about villains. They, they're they're doing it out of the goodness I'll of their hearts. I'll show you like the uh, <clears throat> profile and stuff they create on it because it is it's actually quite funny, but I feel that that will be best at the end of the episode versus right now. That's <laughs> fair. Well, and that kind of brings us to our, our pairing for this week. Yeah. Last week, we wanted to do kind of a tribute to Gabby herself. We had fresh things going on and... Um, and this week, 
the story is so monstrous, and he is he <laughs> especially posted as the villain. Yeah, we're going with what I'm calling monster bombs, which are your basic Jägermeister bomb or Jag bomb, as the kids say. Um, but specifically with Monster Energy Drink, and it's uh, it's working out pretty well. I haven't had a Jag bomb in probably a decade, and it is uh, just how I remember it. Yeah, and we're pairing that with uh. And it's also kind of fitting as we're like getting into Halloween season. Um, mm. I uh, I could not find monster cookies anywhere. That was the plan. But like so many things, I, I didn't do I my research on where I could get them. These guys. Ooh. Mini Keebler monster cookies, as I am calling them. Although they name them Chip Deluxe Minis made with M&Ms. Nice. But they're, I I mean, they're up- monster cookies, so... I ended up getting just uh, some kind of homemade style uh, chocolate chip cookie and then some kind of sugar cookies that are like Halloween themed. And they they didn't have any that had like monsters on them. But uh, I, like I mean, that. it's cookies and yag bombs. It's 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 hard to go yeah. wrong. But I like the whole overarching monster theme. Um, I. I don't drink Monster a ton, so I didn't know what any of the flavors were, so I just picked one. And it's that's actually pretty I'm, good. Um, that's that the one, the one uh, you got? That's not the one I'm using right now. I'm using their... Oh my god, the things... There we go. Ultra Gold. <laughs> a little closer. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but Lily bought a, a big pack of them at Sam's Club, and they're like a three-pack, so I've had the pink ones. They're very good. It is good. I... Was not sure how the pairing with the Jaeger would go, but it's actually pretty good. Sweet. Yeah, it's... Well, and they... Traditionally, it's supposed to be Red Bull, I think. I think so. But what energy drink, they all kind of sort of tang to them, so... Yeah. It needs to be working fine. Yeah. I And Monster fits the theme, so there you go. Yeah. Got a little monster theme for our monster human. Yeah. Yeah. And with that out of the way, what, uh, where are we picking up or like, where are we starting today? So I want to go back and revisit the body cam footage for a hot minute. Okay. Because in talking with my brother-in-law about his experience Mm. in working in law enforcement, I forget that we have drastically different laws in each state. Oh, that I I don't know if I was aware of. Specifically dealing with body cam footage, you mean? Specifically dealing with domestic disputes, actually. Oh, okay. So I was talking to him about just work in general and like how his day was going. And he was telling me how something he finds really funny is that um, when he gets called for a domestic dispute in the state of Colorado specifically, we have mandated arrest laws for domestic oh. situations. So if there's any sort of probable cause that some form of domestic violence has occurred, someone has to be arrested. Interesting. And it's to kind of force the separation and right. to also like, I think the idea is that like, you're not letting the perpetrator get away with it, but that doesn't necessarily come out black and white in these situations, but exactly, yeah, yeah. He always thinks it's funny because 
he'll have, and this doesn't happen quite as often, but he'll have like the person who is like the perpetrator call thinking that because they're the ones that called, they can't get arrested, which is not true. (laughs) If there's enough suspicion that you are causing the problem here, you're the one leaving in the backseat of the car. Yeah, you're the one spending a night somewhere else. Yeah, so Utah doesn't have this, which I found interesting in this situation. Because even though they still separated them, no one was arrested for it. And they're like, was a charge made in a way? But then like Brian could go to the police station and like have it waived essentially. Right. So there's still in a there's still like a record of the cops having gone out there, but there's nothing on like his record. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't count as him being arrested. Yeah, it doesn't, for either of them, it doesn't count as Mm -hmm. either of them being arrested, which I feel like was kind of interesting because, I mean, I don't know if it would have helped in this case or not. There's no real way to know. Right. But considering some of the other things that happen at the end of the tape, I, I just, in all honesty, don't know what the Utah police for this situation specifically we're doing. Yeah. And one of them is that uh, Brian was lying to them and very much like in a sense was caught in this lie, but then like nobody picked up on it. Yeah. And they just kind of, it seemed like they sort of sided with him just because he was a bro in a weird way. Yeah. And for me, that didn't really sit well with me watching it but um yeah. at the beginning of it he was telling him how like he doesn't have a cell phone if something happened if they had a fight and she left with the van like he'd be kind of shit out of luck because he doesn't have a phone so he like couldn't call to get a ride somewhere or like find a way home yeah uh-huh. and he like kept saying how he doesn't have a phone and then like 40 minutes later, as they were separated, he pulls out his cell phone from his pocket and, like, gives that's... his cell phone number to the police to contact him. And, like... That's insane. Get their contact info, but, like, you know, he didn't have a phone. Right. <laughs> well, maybe it was her phone. He had it in his pocket. He forgot about well, it. she had her phone with her. Oh, damn. When well, they separated. Uh... So, like, it wasn't hers. Okay, uh, shit. When they did separate them, Gabby was like, well, like, make sure he has his charger so he can charge his phone. Like, he... Mm-hmm. His charger's in the car. Like, make sure he brings it with him. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. And I'm like, how did you not pick up on that? That he, like, very blatantly and very casually, like, lied about having a cell phone with him? Like, how yeah. is that not like a, hey, wait a minute, you lied to us about this. What else are you lying to us about, potentially? And he made that such a big enough point while they were talking to him that it should have been something of a a glaring red flag when he pulls out the cell phone. Yeah. I thought you said, what the fuck is this? Oh, this is just my, it's not really a cell phone. It's just, but it's like my cell phone, but it's not. Mm. It's, I just, I don't understand how nobody noticed it in the moment. Yeah, that is that is kind of a big hole. Yeah, those are my big contentions about that. And since we did talk about it a lot 
the first time, I don't want to like go back and like rehash everything. <laughs> that makes sense. But it's those little things because we did not touch a touch on that last time that the laws are different and that because of that sometimes it may or may not help a situation but there's there's really yeah. no way to clearly tell until the aftermath because hindsight right. is 2020 well and i do see how like if he had been arrested like cuz they like you said they still did separate them but he yeah. would have essentially been under their observation like the whole time or he had at least been in mm -hmm. custody yeah it does seem like like a, a big misstep on their part. Yeah. And it, I mean, regardless of like who would have been arrested in the situation, one of them would have been in custody and would have mm -hmm. been observed a bit more closely so that if either of them were acting in a different way, they would have actually noticed it. Right. Or, like, I mean, like, maybe in Gabby's situation, if she had been the one arrested, like, maybe she would have felt safer saying, like, no, mm -hmm. like, he's really awful to me. Yeah, or maybe there's something, maybe she had scars or bruises that they would have noticed. Yeah. Or, or like, they would have, they might have even brought her into custody and someone else might have noticed something that they didn't pick up on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she would have at least been under a bit more scrutiny than just out in the field with, like, yeah. the two or however many police officers. Yeah, which... And I can't personally say whether or not having a mandated arrest law for domestic violence is beneficial or not. I feel like in some situations it can help, and in others maybe it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It does seem weird. You're talking about how, like, if they get a call, they just know immediately, like, well, some we're bringing someone back to jail tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like we're going out on this call. Someone's coming back with us. Yeah, it is. I want to say 99% of the time when they get those calls, they're like, well, someone's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess that and. It, I mean, it is very much on like a case by case basis, but I do find it very ironic that people will call and be like, but I'm the one that called. Like, why are you taking me back? And it's like, because these three people over here are saying you beat this other person. Like, right. You don't have a scratch on you and they've got a bloody nose and a broken wrist. Like, a few slash marks here and there. Weird. That is so weird. weird. But you were being assaulted? Huh? So you're well, we're you were attacked. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to bring you back and we're really going to examine your story real close this time. Yeah. So moving forward in our timeline, what happens once Gabby is missing? Mm. Going back to the 13th, which is when Brian's family said he went missing. He was seen leaving his house by police. By police? Yes, because they were oh, surveilling wow, okay. the home at the time. Oh, wow. Because they started their surveillance on the 13th, which is when yeah. his parents are like, well, that's when he went missing. So they were watching the home, watched him leave, and then no noticed that his car came back and was like at the house like the later that night or the next day. Or no, his car was returned on the 15th. So he was the 13th. He's so essentially the, gone for two days. Yeah. But so and then his, his car, car returns. Yeah. But they're like, but he's not here. Yeah, so it's not like they saw him pull in and then, like, walk back into his house. They just yeah. come back and they're like, oh, shit, his car's back. 
but they don't see him anywhere. Yeah. But I think the thing I question is why didn't someone like follow Follow. him or like keep tabs on him? If a, he was a person of interest in a situation where it's him and his fiance together alone and she disappeared. Yeah, there's well, and that's why I was so surprised. And like, I, I didn't I mean to interrupt you. Him. Yeah, you were like the police, and I'm like, wait, the police? The police yeah. saw him leave. They saw him and leave. They were interested. Yeah, and then it was like you even said like, yeah, they were surveilling the home. It's not like it just happened to be a random squad car passing by, and yeah, they were watching you know, the home, like, and he left. Yeah, they're actively watching him, and, nobody, and just watched him drive away. Nobody, like, nobody followed him. Nobody, like, kept tabs on him or anything. So then, like, they're like, oh, his car's here, and then he was reported as missing, and they're like, oh, we thought he was still here, though. It's kind of like when you go on vacation, you ask a neighbor to watch your house. You come home after a week and it's like burned down and you're like, guys, what the fuck? And they're like, you you were supposed to watch it. And they're like, yeah, we watched it. We watched it burn all the way. Well, look, you're you're supposed to be. Yeah, what the fuck? Well, you didn't say to do anything. You just said keep an eye on it. You just said watch the house. Yeah. Although in this case, the cops didn't keep an eye on him. They're like, you had one job. Yeah. So then he was reported missing on the 17th. And then the next day, the 18th, police stated that they were looking for him in the Carlton Reserve in Florida, which is like a little park area Mm -hmm. there. And it is, I want to say it's more like swampy and marshy as Mm. a lot of Florida is. Not exactly like hiking ground. It's just sort of... Yeah, a preserve. It's just sort yeah. of there. It's usually not a vacation spot. No. it's And I think they do have some, like, camping there, but I, I don't know how much. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was like, oh, he's, he, maybe he went camping here. And at this point, I want to say, once Gabby was reported missing up to Brian then disappearing, this is when this case really started to just become this massive fire of information and misinformation. Mm-hmm. Just and an explosion of data that's not even necessarily data, just just stuff coming out that may or may not be correct. Yeah. A lot of people were making videos being like, oh, well, like I saw Brian here and like I had this encounter here with him and all of this. Oh, wow. There was one. I think the few that stuck out to me was there was one where this girl and her boyfriend picked him up as a hitchhiker. Oh, shit. And they were going to, I'm trying to remember where they were exactly, but they're like, oh, he's like, hey, like, I need a ride to Jackson. Can you take me there? And they're like, yeah, like, we'll take you. And then was really confused about where they were going like a half hour in and was like, no, I need to go the other way. So we like made them pull over and, like, got out of his car in, like, this other camping lot and, like, I guess, catched a ride with someone else. Oh. It was it was just kind of weird. And they're like, we don't... Like, we told him where we were going. We told him multiple times which direction we were moving in. And they're like, no, this is the way. And he's like, no, impossible. I have to get out of this car. (laughs) I said Jackson. Yeah, that's where we're going. It's the other way. I meant another Jackson. Yeah, basically. Goodbye, then. 
Yeah. Do they, like, it do, was really weird. Do they know? Like, because if his if his car was back, but he was gone, do they know he had to have or someone brought his car back or he came back home and then hitchhiked somewhere? I honestly am not sure because I'm not sure what day it was that they like picked him up. So I don't know where within this timeline it was, whether it was right, yeah. him in Florida or him up in, cause I want to say this may have been up in Wyoming. So this could have been end of August. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's the timeline with the information from the internet is a little bit muddled. So it's. Well, and I suppose if, yeah. And I suppose together. if we had all those, I suppose if we had all those details, it wouldn't be such a mystery. Yes. And I think the other one that really stuck out to me was someone talking about how they were like filming for part of their drive and they were in the Grand Tetons National Park and they passed by a white van just kind of like off the side, kind of secluded in this area. And there's this huge open field like to the right of it. And they're like, oh, like there's nobody there because they're like, oh, like we haven't seen anyone in a while. Like, let's like chat and say hi. Like, and they're like, oh, like the door to their van is open but like no one's here that's kind of weird that's and they were kind of more like uneasy about it so they're like yeah let's maybe not stick around (laughs) and then later we're like oh (laughs) that looks a lot like gabby's van that we passed yeah versus just someone like just a regular van of someone camping and then mm-hmm. based off of, like, the location they were at, they were like, this doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> Maybe we should contact somebody. Yes. So with everything just starting to really spread around, uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter actually <laughs> started looking for Brian as he was missing. Shut up. First of all... <laughs> He's still around? Yes. Dog Bounty? Does he still have a TV show? I think so. I'm like pretty oh. sure he still has a show. I, be not to be disrespectful, I assumed he was dead. I thought that he was just, I mean, like, given his line of work, that would not have been surprising. Well, and he just seemed like a hard rocking, hard drinking, hard eating kind of dude. <laughs> I just, yeah. And, and again, his line of work, I... I mean, I'm good for him. I really did not expect his name to pop up in this story. Yeah. So uh, with a lot of a lot of this um, stuff just kind of started spiraling like out of control in a way with the amount of information. Yeah. And it started catching on when Gabby was first reported missing because I I myself do remember seeing that and being like, oh, like this poor girl, like she's missing. Like, that's so horrible. Like, I hope they find her. I hope she's okay. And then kind of, like, hearing more about it and then being like, wait, her fiancé was now missing and they were camping alone together? Yeah, that's the part that... Because I I remember you bringing up this this whole story before we even talked about it. um, And I had very little information about it. But I did remember seeing those stories kind of come out, like, in relatively quick succession. Like, I remembered hearing about someone going missing. And then just briefly later being like, oh, and now her fiance is gone. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with these people? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's mm-hmm. weird. 
And my roommate and I were like talking about how weird their timeline was and like the information that he was saying versus like what they were saying because they're like, oh, like I came from Yosemite and it's like, well, we were in Yosemite on the 30th and I was back by the first. It is so far from Yosemite to Florida. Mm hmm. That's a long drive. It is 48 hours. So it is not yeah. impossible if he started very early on the 30th to get there, like, yeah. right at the end of the first. But, but it yeah, is a pretty, very long drive. <laughs> pretty damn impossible. Especially, like you said, like, it's, it's a 48-hour drive. So even if he stops to sleep for a couple hours, he's still going to miss it. Like, he can, yeah. he can sleep the absolute bare minimum. So it's like, who the hell is going to be driving for 48 hours straight? Yeah. So <sighs> then with that, just in general, they're like, there's no way they went to Yosemite. Like, it makes so much more sense that they were in Yellowstone. Yeah. Because A, it was close to where they were in Salt Lake. And B... Like you can get from Yellowstone to Florida a whole lot faster. I don't. I did not end up looking up what the time was <laughs> for that one, but it it is significantly shorter. shorter. I yeah. want to say maybe it's closer to probably twenty seven hours or something like that versus. Well, and isn't Yellowstone multiple states? Like, yeah. isn't it a pretty large? Yeah, and Yosemite is. Specifically in uh, in like mid to northern Montana, isn't it? So Yosemite is is in California, and then being in Yellowstone, it makes more oh, sense yeah. to be there. Okay, just since Yellowstone is in the Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, right, corner. right. So it's there. Just seemed to be things that didn't add up, and a lot of people were theorizing that his parents had something to do with it with him like now missing or that like they were protecting him in some way that him being missing was like, Oh, we don't know where he is, but like they actually do. Right. Right. They told him to, they told him to hit the road, like get out of here. We don't want to see you in jail. And then when people come asking, they're like, we don't know. I don't know. Which he's missing. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I, understand to a degree that like as a parent you want to protect your kid you want to do all of that but where is the line right where where is it i i guess i can kind of see they're likely even just blinded by you know familial ties that like they just don't even believe he had anything suspected of I feel like the play, the better play would be to just confront it. And if he's innocent, then he's innocent. There you go. Yeah. I have so many mixed feelings about it because it's like, if I was in that situation, like, would I protect my kid or would I be the parent that's like, no, like, let's tackle this. Yeah. And like, let's prove that you were innocent. Right. I think I... I think I would be tempted to be like, no, we're going to go talk to the cops because if you had nothing to do with it, then we got nothing you to worry about. You got nothing to hide. Yeah. That being said, with the understanding that, you know, we don't have a perfect justice system and innocent mm-hmm. people do get put in jail. So yeah. I, I can see how you might think of it as taking a gamble. But yeah, uh, if you believe in your kid and that, that they're innocent, then... You would think that they would want to do take the high ground and and just tackle it head on. Yeah. 
So on September 19th, they did unfortunately find remains that fit Gabby's description in the Spread Creek dispersed camping area. So it's like right on the Wyoming-Idaho border. And that is where people said they saw Gabby's van, where it was parked next to like a huge clearing. And it was later confirmed. I want to say it was maybe three to four days. It took, which is like relatively fast to do an autopsy that it was in fact Gabby. And her manner of death was homicide through uh, blunt force trauma to the head and with neck, head and neck and uh, manual strangulation, which is a very personal crime to just strangle someone with your bare hands. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that that pretty much screams like a crime of of intense emotion and passion and just like. Yeah, it's it's like you said, it's very personal. It's very intimate. It's and it also makes you wonder, like, if that was a fit of rage mm-hmm. or if he sort of like temporarily lost his mind and he wanted to send a message of some kind to her family or just I, people in general. I, it's I, so weird. I honestly don't know. Just. Yeah. Well, we'll probably it, never know. Yeah. It is something that is so personal and so I think intense, but I feel like it does come from a place of like really deep seated anger. Yeah. That's, that's think, my personal opinion. And I think too, the, the the type of rage and anger that uh, isn't even directed specifically at a person. Like, in the yeah. moment, it was maybe something set him off, and she happened to be the object there, but it wasn't even like yeah. he was necessarily angry at her. It's like, that, that just screams of someone who has pretty deep issues and yeah. could use some serious counseling. Unfortunately, yeah. And I think just the fact that he also hit her upside the head with something, which either could have been to, like, get her attention or in some way to then, like, incapacitate her to, like, make it easier to strangle her, maybe. Or if he did it because he was mad and, like, got her attention and then, like, he strangled her. Yeah. Is it... Yeah, I mean, maybe that even indicates some level of premeditation because he, I think so. like, uh, just on some level, maybe, like, that he he knew it would be easier. Like, like for whatever reason, his goal was to strangle her, but he knew that incapacitating her beforehand mm-hmm. would make that easier, which is even more creepy. <laughs> oh. And not only that, but I think the location of it, too, because where... Oh, yeah. People saw their van. It was kind of off the beaten path a bit. And like, you didn't really run into people. Right. So I I don't think that was by chance. I think that was a deliberate choice. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree. We could speculate all day long. Right. Very true. Very true. Only one who knows was him. So, and Gabby, I guess. Um, So then on. September 23rd, 
which I believe that may have been the same day they released the results of her autopsy, the district court of Wyoming issued an arrest warrant for Brian for unauthorized use of her debit card for over $1,000 between August 30th and September 1st. Well, he had to get all that gas to blast home. Yeah. Probably not $1,000. Have have the money. Mm -hmm. I mean, $1,000 is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of gas. Yeah. That would be a lot of gas to buy, damn. But either way, he took her debit card and was using it without her authorization, which I'm not sure if the purchases were made between that time or if that's just like when the charges hit her account. Right. Is it, you know, if it was like the weekend, it's a little iffier. Mm-hmm. So during this time, the FBI actually had a warrant for getting DNA material in some capacity from (laughs) Brian's home. So they then got a warrant where they could go inside and like, they could take like hair from his hairbrush and like stuff like that and create like a DNA profile and do DNA matching with evidence they found on Gabby's body. If I don't know if there was much, but yeah, they, um, would... they weren't sure if it was her at first. Oh, right. Yeah. But so they yeah. find some kind of trace elements of some like foreign DNA on her somewhere. And they're yeah. like, well, we need to match this. The last person we know she was with was him. So, so we got to match it. Yeah. Then on October 5th, Brian is still missing at this point. He's. His sister did an interview with ABC News and she was begging him to turn himself into authorities and in a way begging him to like come home. Being like, yeah. hey, just just turn yourself in. It's going to be okay, but like you need to do the right thing. And yeah. There was some controversy with his sister as people are like, well, like she like knew he was there. And I'm like, well. Just because he's home, it doesn't necessarily mean that she knows why Gabby wasn't there. Right. Like, he could have said, oh, we had a big fight. And he was telling them, like, at one point, I don't want to say this may have been, like, right when he got back. And they're like, well, where's Gabby? He's like, well, I don't know. Like, he also said they they weren't fiancés anymore. But they were. So it stuff just got like a little weird. And at this point, people started posting signs with Gabby's face on it in the laundry's yard because they're like, his parents know something and they're not, the family's not cooperating with the police. Like they're being super unhelpful. Like they're not trying to help solve this. So they put signs with their face on it in their yard being like, why won't you help me? Like, I was going to be part of your family. Why have you turned your back on me? Like, Jeez. would you treat your family this way type of messaging? And I'm like, that's like yeah, yeah. really intense. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All the facts and, aren't in yet, folks. Let's calm down. Let's, let's, yeah, take, let's they, let justice take its course. Come on. They were trying to, like, guilt his parents into 
saying something. But I mean, right. I don't I don't fault his parents into hiring a lawyer like you have to protect yourself, like regardless of whether you're innocent or not. And yeah, it's smart I think to have that's a something just because you have one, you're not guilty. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think that's something that has been unfortunately very badly stigmatized in our justice system. Like as much as it's not perfect, regardless of the circumstances and regardless of your involvement in anything, you still deserve protection and defense. Like if if stuff, they might not have even thought to get a lawyer. People were telling them like, this is some bad shit. You should get a lawyer. And that is the best advice. Like if you talk to any lawyer, the one thing they'll say is like, even if you're innocent, don't talk to the cops, get a lawyer. Like just get a lawyer. That's what you should do. That should be step number one. They might not have had any idea what was happening. Especially in situations where you are interrogated by the police for hours and hours like you need a lawyer at like there comes a point where like you need a lawyer because yeah you've been sitting in an interrogation room for 22 hours and you're exhausted they're like grilling into you about the same thing and you just don't don't understand like why am i here you need a lawyer yeah Yeah, it's that that point when you're like absolutely yeah and you're it's at that point where like you haven't been fed. You're barely getting any like yeah. breaks or or you know water or anything. It's like yeah, you should get a lawyer, get out of there, and regroup. Yeah, so just like, get back to sanity. Because I mean, we all know how we've all seen stuff about false confessions and everything, and it's like th- it just takes a psychological toll on you at a certain point. It does. So you start believing things that that aren't real. Yeah. So I I absolutely do not fault anyone for getting a lawyer. Ever. Right. Yeah. Just because it is important to protect yourself. No, and it looks sketchy. It it does, just considering how it's like, oh well then he got a lawyer and it's like, well then they were the one who did it. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well and even in TV shows Yeah, even in TV shows, they they have a tendency to like you're watching a Law and Order episode, and it's that point when, you know, the assuming that they are guilty. They're the the character, like the assailant, whatever, is still being cocky. So they come in to to uh, talk to the cops and you can tell that the cops are like leading them towards a certain thing. And it's at that point when you expect them to admit guilt, they're like, I want to talk to my lawyer. And they always use that as like an accentuation of the scene to be like, we got him. He lawyered up. That means we got him. And it's like, maybe we shouldn't be using that as like a story thing anymore because we, yeah, yeah, it's everyone's right. We we should be getting people lawyers more often. We, We really should. And I will say that being said, they were being super uncooperative with the police. Like they gave them pushback for every single thing. Like they would not talk to them, would not do anything. Which, mm-hmm. if your lawyer's telling you to do that, that's fine and dandy. Do what your lawyer says. Right. But, like, the public perception is that there is guilt. Right, yeah. It's it's also unfortunate that it seems like what tends to be the better legal strategy also usually makes you look guilty. Yeah. Don't talk to the cops. Don't provide... Yeah, especially don't talk to them without us there. Don't yeah. give out... Don't talk to the press. And it's like what people want to see is an outpouring of emotion from these parents mm-hmm. who one would assume are going to be really distressed and distraught 
and their lawyers are probably telling them, don't yeah. say anything. Don't leave your homes. Don't go. Yeah. And but yeah, then yeah. the public perception is that they're guilty as hell. Then on October 7th, Brian's father helped in search efforts in the Carlton Reserve, which I believe was the first time his family actually helped in searching for him. Oh, wow. I could I could be wrong on that, but that was the only time I saw where his family was like his parents specifically. Like, I believe his sister was out searching for him like the whole time. But his parents more specifically, this I believe was the first time. They that, actually helped, which is weird. Does I was gonna say that definitely comes across more sketchy than even the lawyer thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure he'll be back. Are you sure you don't want to help us search a little bit? I'm sure he's fine. It's everything's yeah. everything's cool. No, Dad, we should really go search for him. All right, we'll go once. Yeah. So he focused on areas where Brian used to frequent and like where he knew he would go in the reserve. And okay. it was at this, this point, people started thinking that Brian will not be found until he wants to be found. Cause like he knew how to survive outdoors. He knew how to like find shelter and food. This wasn't something that was new to him. Oh, so okay. Like, if like, he's an outdoors guy, he's camping all the time. Like he knows how to survive. He's not going to be found until he wants to, especially in an area like this that is harder to navigate and is marshy and somewhat woodsy and just, you know, maybe not frequented everywhere. Right. Especially if it's a place that he is used to going, Mm -hmm. but presumably a large search party is not. So, yeah, he's going to be able to stay ahead of them if he wants to. Yes, that was the thought at the time anyway. Then on October 20th, his skeletal remains and some of his belongings were found in the Micahatchee Creek Environmental Park. And that's about 20 minutes away from like where they were looking by car. So it wasn't super far, but not entirely where they were looking to begin with. Yeah. And it was an area that was underwater due to flooding so they couldn't necessarily search it either and they could not determine his cause of death there was speculation that maybe he was eaten by something or that at least some sort of animal probably a gator came in and snatched him i I keep forgetting that this is like in the florida Florida. area i i have have a gator yeah, whenever we talk about like being lost in the woods and stuff, I I just I can't help but think of like northern Minnesota where we go hunting and it's all crappy just swampy marshlands and stuff, but I forgot it. You know, at least Minnesota doesn't have giant gators. I mean, we have bears. But uh yeah, gators yeah. uh gators will get you. Yeah. I I always think of here where it's like drier, more arid, but you have bears and large mm-hmm. cats. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, Minnesota doesn't have a lot oh, of large cats. Yes, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, and they're quick. They'll jump down from the trees. Oh my god, not to get on too much of a tangent, but have you seen that? I think it's a TikTok or something, but a guy who encounters like a mountain lion when he's biking or hiking, and it is following him on the trail, and it like keeps jumping at him and attacking, and he's like, go away! Yes, it was in Utah. Yeah. 
oh, okay, yeah, it was the rock so, at it. And I'm, it's so intense, like, and I'm like, of that? yeah, yeah, it's it goes on forever. And I'm like, I kind of have to hand it to the guy for not running, like, because that's usually yeah, that what would have killed him. The running exactly, yeah. Him. Yep, a predatory creature tends to want the prey to run, and he very slowly walks away and is trying to be intimidating. And I do like that he throws rocks and shit. And it's like, God damn, that mountain lion was really not liking his presence there. Well, part of it was uh, her babies were nearby. Right, well, and that's kind of what I was thinking, too, is like, I know he's not moving very fast, but I figured that, or maybe maybe the 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 babies were kind of following their mom or something. It just, I figured she had sort of a den somewhere and she was trying to chase him off. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I'm leaving. I don't want your babies. Let me go. And the mountain yeah. just keeps following him. It's so intense. Just, that's one of the most yeah. nerve wracking things I think I've ever watched in a long mm-hmm. time. Oh, it made my palms sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, ugh. Yeah. Um, it was later determined that he did die from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Right. In the manner yeah, of yeah. suicide. So, and they found that so, out on November 23rd. So it took them over a month to get that yeah, figured so, out. Yeah, so for a while they, they weren't sure what was going on. They thought he might have just died to exposure or a, a yeah. creature of some sort. I can imagine that being quite a case-changing moment when they're like, he's got a bullet wound in his head. Yeah. That's, we thought he was just running, like, for the sake of running and and maybe just scared of being found out. But they're like, this kind of changes things. And it, Mm -hmm. especially if it's presumed to be suicide. Yeah. And it is very possible that after shooting himself, he was eaten by animals. Because, I mean, free food. Right. Essentially. <laughs> yeah, that, that does tend to happen. It does. Na- it Mother happens. Nature Mother Nature rarely lets things go to waste. Yeah. Then on January 21st, so about two months after they were like, we actually know what he died from, the FBI released information that was in his notebook, which was in the bag with his other stuff. Mm. Which I think was like a few things for camping gear and like not really a ton of stuff. Like it did not look like he went to go camping. He went with like very minimal things. And in the notebook, he admitted to killing Gabby and deceiving her family through text messages, making them she was still alive. It, It did not say how far back, but I am assuming going back to after she spoke on the phone with her parents, it could have been as soon as like that evening or the next day. And he was officially blamed for her death. And the overall case was considered a murder. And I believe it was at that point then closed because they knew the manner of death. They knew who did it and they could actually assign blame. Right. Like we uh, we know everything and uh, we're calling it uh, closed. We're done. Calling it today. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're t- that's it. Yeah. The Laundry's family lawyer later released more text from the notebook and kind of more the 
nitty gritty details in which he did state that Gabby had fallen and injured herself and that he says in quotes here, I ended her life. I thought it was merciful. That is what she had wanted. But I now see the mistake I made, which they weren't far from a road just to begin with, like where the van was. It was off of a road. It wasn't like down this beaten path. It was on like the main road, but it wasn't like a super populated area. Yeah. And the couple that did pass the van upon hearing this later were like, Oh my God, he could have been in that field, like right off to the side, killing her as we had yeah. like passed by or like shortly after, like that's horrible. And I want to say, cause I did actually look this up cause I was very curious. Um, they were maybe 30 minutes away from a clinic where they could get help. Oh my God. So, Which is pretty rare in remote country like that. So it's like yeah. they had an opportunity. They had a clinic in the Tetons, which is where they were, that was about 30 minutes from where their van was, roughly. And depending on what kind of injury she had, like, I don't know what kind of injury would have been so life-threatening at that moment that that was the better option. Right. Like, it just, that does not make sense to me. Yeah. And bad, bad choices all around. Yeah. I mean, unless him seeing her as himself, herself was him beating her with something. Right. I mean, like, oh, she's too far gone now. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Those injuries that I gave her is. uh... Those are really extreme. But like, I'm thinking like she twisted her ankle and was like upset about it. And he's like, I can't fucking take this type of thing. (laughs) That like, is a yeah, my like perception. A... She twists her ankle, like maybe she breaks it, she's in pain, and like they have to go hike back to the car like 20 minutes. And like, you know, God forbid. And he's treating her like a like a horse on the range. He's like, I uh... gotta put you down. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, girl, yeah. Yeah, it's Ugh. I just, I don't entirely know in that area what sort of injury she could have had that she could not have been able to get help within that 30 minutes. Right. Like, I feel like it'd have to be some real crazy extreme thing, but I'm also wondering if, like, they would have found that in the autopsy. That's what I was thinking, because I was thinking, like, it's not uncommon to like trip and, you know, uh, twist an ankle, sprain something, break a leg and you just can't get out. And so then you essentially die to exposure just because you can't get yourself anywhere. Or she tripped and, you know, just happened to like jab her throat on a rock or or like in her thigh and hit an artery and she bleeds out in like five minutes. But that is likely something yeah. they would have discovered in an autopsy. <laughs> yeah. And they seem Especially, pretty definitively sure that they're like, yeah, no, she died of strangulation. Yeah. And um, I want to say a lot of that is because um, even though they couldn't fully identify her until later, most of her body was, in fact, intact. 
So it wasn't like finding Brian where he's skeletal remains and they have to use like dental right. records to like try to find DNA and find a match. Yeah. They're like, no, we're yeah. pretty sure it's her. Yeah. So unfortunately, that was the ending for Gabby is that she was murdered by her fiance in the Tetons. And there was a lot of criticism around Gabby's pay- case, especially with the misinformation and just how some things were helpful, but a lot of it was kind of more harmful in a way because it spread a lot of in- misinformation. Yeah. Which, that's why I chose to not cover it until now is just because there was so much happening. I'm like, I can't keep this straight. It's too much. Right. <laughs> And then the other being that um, a lot of people saw this as a case of missing white woman syndrome, where people only care because she's white and a woman, but because she's white. And that kind of does go back to our case we did previously with Alyssa McLemore and how uh, there's a huge underreported population of indigenous women and women of color missing. Yeah. I was thinking of the woman from um, the Cabrini Green in Chicago and the Candyman stories when, I think it was the Candyman stories, there was a guy who was like coming into her apartment behind the the mirror. From the mirror. Yeah, and it's like the cops were called, I think, multiple times and they they just didn't want to go there. They didn't go over there. Episode three, if anyone is interested. Ooh, good pull. Nice. I think it's episode three. It might be episode <laughs> two. It's one of the first few. As I was say, it's one of the earlier ones. Yeah, it is one of our first few episodes. I can tell you that for sure. And it is one of those things that at that time, I'm like, I wish we had this for every case and not just for white people. Yeah. And I feel like you see this a lot more with white women over white men, even that like because they're white and a woman, it's like a bigger deal than if like a white man goes missing. Yeah, I could see that. And the idea of like a dude is uh, like men go missing all the time. They kill each other. But if a a white woman goes missing. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does seem to be an unfortunate sort of way that the news cycle works yeah but regardless what happened to gabby is extremely unfortunate and there is speculation that it could have been prevented or that steps could have done to either help quicker or or even just not let it happen in the first place like maybe the moab police could have done more like maybe the people at the co-op could have helped more versus like just kind of being like, Oh, I like, I don't want to get involved or things like that, which I will say getting involved in any sort of domestic situation is very tricky. Absolutely. And And it's always, there's kind of a thing too of like, well, you're never, you're not, you're not going to be expecting it to result in someone's death. You're thinking that's their personal stuff. They'll work it out. Yeah, they're either going to like patch things up or or break up. split like, up. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. not expecting the end result to be 
not even one of them dying, but then they both end up dead. I don't think anyone's yeah. anyone's think thinking anyone of that as an end that, result. No. Yeah. And uh, Gabby's parents are currently in a lawsuit with Brian's parents. I don't have any other oh, wow. information on that. I don't know if it is for wrongful death or what it's for exactly. Mm-hmm. But I do know that that is happening and that they will hopefully find some sort of justice. And I will say that in light of that, if anyone is wanting to help with the fight of missing people, con- like look for ways to help with like your local crime stoppers or look at other organizations that fight against missing people, whether that is something like a native women's wilderness project or like anything like that. I don't have any that I'm specifically tied to or like have any feelings about. So I'm going to just say if, if you listeners would like to get involved, please look into it. Yeah. And in, in uh, relation to that, like uh, not that this is necessarily related but i know that there's still a huge backlog of like rape kits being tested and everything and mm-hmm. that's a huge problem across the entire country like if there's any way that you can help fund yeah. or even assist with that definitely look into it because it's absolutely seems like there's almost too much of like organizations across the country that need help in that kind of yeah it's i wish they could be a little more united in a way, but I also understand that like having one large organization doesn't necessarily solve the problem. Right. And Um, we're, we're still coming off of, I'm still kind of amazed that we have like sheriffs versus city and like local cops. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, do we really need that much of a separation of things in like such a local setting? It, It, I'm, I remember growing up as a kid and and thinking it was just weird that there was like a sheriff's department, there was a, like a city police department, and then there's like a, a national uh, organization, like the FBI, CIA. Like we have so many divisions of of uh, law enforcement. I always thought that was weird. But anyway. Well, like not only that, but you have like the federal Bureau of investigation, the FBI and each state has their own. So like, Oh, you're right. I know Georgia has the GBI, Colorado has the CBI. And I don't know if they're called the MBI in Minnesota or if someone else beat you to it. I don't know. (laughs) But like each state has their own like state Bureau of investigation. Yeah. It's, and not everyone talks to each other, which is, I think, kind of the right. harder part, which that has been addressed more, especially from older cases and like uh, the Golden State Killer, the Night Stalker, yeah. mm-hmm. those cases where they took advantage of the fact that the different police sections didn't talk to each other, that they got away with that. Yeah, and it's weird to think, too, that it was that well-known. Although, I think, was the Golden State Killer actually a cop? Like, he was... A cop at a point, which was why he was able to, like, stay ahead of it for as long as he did. But then he 
he got caught like stealing stuff from the precinct and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'll just like, I'll put in my resignation right now. No questions asked. And they're like, okay. I'm like, you could have stopped him like right there. Yeah. You had his it's DNA. Just, it is so uh, weird to think that it just took that long. And, yeah. and, and that he knew, he knew exactly how they weren't communicating. And so he knew how to get a, like through the cracks essentially. Yeah. And it seemed like he didn't even have to try that hard. No. Like, it was just that easy. He just had to take certain steps and, like, change up his uh, location enough. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to share this profile with you real quick. Oh, right. Yeah. And this is from Real Life Villains, mirrorhaze.org, which was one of our sources. See, they got his little bio, like, right up here. So, like, it talks about them, like, working at the grocery store together, which we said in part one. But this is my favorite. Is it? It's a photo of him on the right. I like his picture. It says, full name, Brian Christopher Laundry. Occupation, juice bar cashier, former. Public's former. grocery store attendant, former. Goals, killing Gavin oh, Tito and getting away with it successfully. He has oh goals. God. <laughs> and then it lists his crimes as murder, domestic abuse, psychological abuse, and then debit card fraud. I feel like the debit card fraud. And then the type of villain. And I think goals and type of villain are my favorite. And this type of villain is abusive murderer. Abusive murderer. Oh, man. I, just, well, what, I got a kick out of this, so I had to share it. And I feel like it's it's not really a knock on this website in particular because I can't help feeling like the the kind of default thing to do would be use like a prison photo or something. But obviously like he didn't have just one. Like a regular photo. Yeah. So it, it looks like a like a um what do you call it uh in real life villains. The, Let's see. The Let's um see what's the the business what's the business like. LinkedIn. This looks like a LinkedIn profile, and he's got his uh, his like pickup there. Real life villains Wikipedia or Wiki. Wow. They have their first their homepage is Welcome to Real Life Villains, a spinoff of Villains Wiki, and they have a Hall of Shame. (laughs) Oh, see, their other ones are just like regular photos. Oh yeah. Notable villain Hitler Hitler, number one. Well, again, they probably don't have then a whole lot of like and Mussolini, <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Well, they don't usually have like uh uh Jesus That's just booking photos. I love that. That's pretty great. It, it also makes me want to visit Villains website because it makes me think that they have like comic book villains up there and stuff. That's fun. I know. I like want to check it out more just because I think it's very funny. <laughs> so that is that is everything on my end for our story. Do we have ratings for our pairings? I'm gonna go with a five for the monster bomb. I uh I didn't do the traditional way of like measuring out uh, a shot and then dropping it into the glass and everything. It's a little bit messy I didn't and do that it's, either. Um I do remember really liking them in college. I didn't like it as much now. There again, I also didn't use Red Bull, but 
eh, what are you going to do? It's it's definitely not yeah. something that I would just want to drink on a uh like regularly. It's it's um it's a yag bomb. I mean, what do you what can you say? It's yeah. it's a, it was chosen specifically for this episode. My original like theme I was going to go with was toxicity, just like oh. a toxic person. Yeah. Like, what is more toxic? Like you have people who like tequila, you have people who like vodka, you have people who like brown liquors, whiskeys, scotch, bourbons. I'm a brandy person myself. Um, but what um, do almost everybody? Whiskey. Yeah, almost everyone agrees that Jägermeister is nothing just toxic stuff in a bottle that you have to yeah. either mix or shoot. And so that was kind of what like I was going with before. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and then I just kind of, I was thinking about, like, an energy drink, I would mix it, then I kind of went with the monster thing. But, but yeah, Jägermeister, I mean, it is just so unique in the world of, of alcohol, and it is, uh, it is not an everyday treat. So I, I will give it a five. The, yeah. the cookies were excellent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the, the cookies a nine. Uh, again, I ended up not getting monster cookies, but they're, they were just perfect for today. It's a little bit cloudy where I'm at. I'm getting in the, the Halloween mood. They were, it was a combination of sugar cookies and chocolate chip cookies. Just excellent. Are you looking outside? Yeah. I, I was cloudy? looking outside because, no, it's just all sun. Oh, wow. All sun. Death oh, by right. sunshine. Yeah, aren't you in like... Aren't you, like, basically in the sunniest place in the country? Yeah. Yeah. So much sunshine. <laughs> Sick of it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I love li- living here. It's just, I, I like the rain. I like stormy weather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, I would uh... give oh, the cookies, um, I'd give them an eight, just because I feel like they're good, and I like them, but they could be better. But I mean, what do I expect yeah. from like store-bought cookies, really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Unless I'm making them yeah. myself. Yeah, well, that was when I told Lily what I was planning on. Um, and I literally went to the store like an hour and a half before we were going to record. She's like, That's "You're what not I did. making." Yeah, yeah. She's like, "Are you going to make monster cookies?" And I'm like, "No, I'm going to go see if I can buy some because I'm, I'm not going to do some, that shit. I'm not baking right now." Right, yeah. and she's like, they're kind of complicated. Usually, like, traditionally, they just have a bunch of everything, so there's a little bit of oatmeal, there's a little bit of, mm-hmm. like, regular sugar cookie, chocolate chips, uh, M&M pieces, walnuts, all sorts of shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No, just keeping it simple. Yeah. And- Sorry, listeners, I do mean to do more, like, actual unique treats and stuff, but sometimes you just want to, you just want to go to the store to have someone make you something. You know, yeah, you want it to be easy, yeah. and I probably and, give the drink about a five. Like, it's good, yeah. I don't know if I'd like really seek it out a ton. No, uh, in fact, in a weird way, I think I actually like Jägermeister just on its own, um, which is not a common thing. But we had it at a uh, up until this anecdote I'm about to launch into, I've only ever had it with uh, like as a Yag bomb. And at a buddy's wedding years ago, um, I don't know if it's a family tradition. I don't know if it was a tradition he had with some of his other friends. But before the wedding actually uh, started, we all took a pull off of a giant bottle of Jägermeister. And I was surprised at how much I liked it, just straight. And then after the wedding, we hit the reception and stuff. 
few beers deep, we, you know, congregated out behind the the venue again, and we started taking more pulls of a off of the bottle until it was empty. Do not recommend that. It was yeah. a rough night. But I yeah, I was surprised it. at how... Yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised at how much I liked it just by itself. I think it's... It's just such a unique flavor. It's weird. It is. It is but unique. yeah, anyway. That is the episode this week. Speaking of, uh, like, stuff... If you have any recommendations you would like to send us, please email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at peculiarpairpod or on Instagram at peculiarpairingspod. And uh, be sure to look us up on Patreon. Yes, we're hoping to get some new content onto Patreon for everyone. And we're hoping to start building a community there. So if you want to be a part of it, join us. And I think until next week, that's all that I have for you. That's it. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll, we'll see you next time. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye.